I'm Saul Lavinga, CEO and founder of GovRed. These are our mission and values. This is a podcast about startups, why they do the work they do, and the principles they use to make decisions. I'm your host, Brian Landers. The best company cultures continue to evolve, so the details you're hearing today are just a snapshot of where the company is. Today, I'm speaking with Sahil Lavingia, the CEO and founder of Gumroad. Welcome to the show, Sahil. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. It's going great. Thank you for being here. So tell me, how do you describe Gumroad? I describe it as a tool that people use, typically creative people, so musicians, designers, writers, filmmakers, photographers, and more, a tool that these folks use to sell their work directly to their audiences in order for them to be able to make a living doing what they love. That's awesome. So for some context on the size of your culture, can you tell me roughly how many employees and locations do you have? Yeah, so we're all based in San Francisco. Um, at our peak, we we actually did a recent downsize, but at our peak, we're 24 people. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. All right, now, before we jump into your values, I want to learn more about the mission of Gumroad. So what is the purpose that you and your team work towards each day? The purpose that we work towards is a world in which creative people have a little bit more power and have a little bit more freedom. You know, you can look at a a simplistic view might be, you know, we want to help move more money into the pockets of creative people and creators, because I think in general, money gives people a a freedom that is hard to get without money. But that's those that's kind of the driving forces. You know, we believe that a world in which more people are making more stuff is a better world. You know, more music, more art, more thoughts and ideas being spread. That's that's good. That's a net good. It's it's actually quite easy to work on Gumroad when you have that in mind because you know that the work you're putting in is is working towards that goal. Yeah. And everyone believes that. You know, it's a really good filter for hiring because everyone at Gumroad believes that, which maybe maybe the majority of the world doesn't believe. Well, I want to live in that world, so I'm glad you hold that <laughs> mission. Now, it seems like companies get to a certain size and then having values becomes more crucial for keeping everyone aligned. Was that true for you? Exactly. I think when we initially set up the values, we were probably maybe like 12 people, uh, which was basically the size that a company gets where you can no longer have like weekly everybody talks about everything meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we needed a way to make sure that as the team grew beyond that size, that everyone kind of stayed in the loop on not that like this is exactly what we're doing, but like these are the principles that guide us. So that there's like a constant sort of movement in a, in a singular direction. And have they changed much since then? I don't think they've changed much. You know, they've changed in how we talk about them and, and the, you know, the sort of the bylines of each one. But I think the, the sort of top line ones have not changed. Tell me more about why you decided to create shared values. One, it's a great hiring thing, right? So it forces you to really think about you know people always say culture fit and i've never really liked saying this person's not a culture fit or this person is a culture fit because i think it's it's too generic you know and so i think what ends up what culture fit might end up meaning is that like this person is so similar to me that i feel very very comfortable being around this person and i think that's a good thing but it can also be a bad thing right because i feel comfortable about around people that talk like me, look like me, have similar opinions as I do. 
And I think when you're trying to build a company, especially a company that builds things for a diverse set of users, you kind of hopefully want to make up that resembles that as much as possible. So you seek to avoid confirmation bias. Exactly, confirmation bias. And a, a, a set of values allows you to still have bias. I don't think removing all of your bias is, is the goal, but making sure that you're able to kind of quantify a little bit more why somebody is a good fit or not for the company. Mm-hmm. And did you have any version of these values before that 12-person point, or was there just not really a reason to have them yet? In the early days, I think you can kind of get away with everyone's in the same room, working on similar things, and you're hiring based off of people you've already known or worked with before. And so you don't really need to have that as so much. I also think as you really think about growing a company beyond like a bunch of people working on the product, when you have like non-technical roles um, and, you know, support functions and payments and legal and finance and operations and all of these things work together that it becomes so much more important because I think when you think about product, everything kind of gets vetted by the product itself. Right. So the product has a set of values. Interesting. Um, in terms of how fast, you know, do you prioritize speed or, or, you know, uh, stability, and so when you're a designer and engineer, I'm not saying these people are n- inherently better at like being good employees or anything like that, but just the fact that they're shipping a product, you know, immediately they're going to kind of embody that, right? So if the product needs to be super fast uh, and performant, like you're going to end up with a culture, an engineering culture, a design culture that really cares and thinks about how do we, you know, continue to move fast, right? Um, and prioritize performance. So it's almost like the character of the product is reflected in the character of the team. Exactly. Yeah, that's a really good way to to think about it. It's like if imagine if your company had a mascot, right? That company mascot or your product at least had a mascot. Your product mascot would probably resemble the voice of your product, the personality of your product. And almost definitely that mascot is probably going to be an amalgamation of the personalities of the team. Probably biased towards the founder. Now, I'm curious, uh, have you ever concepted a mascot for Gumroad? Oh, 100%. Okay, like who or what would that be? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't know exactly who it would be or something, but in terms of the voice or the character, you know, like a really nice, friendly, I guess, animated, high-pitched person who's like, hey, like, you're selling a product. Can I help? Can I help? <laughs> um, really, you know, really like... Uh, not professional in the sense of like, you know, being wearing a suit like that. The government mascot would definitely not be wearing a suit. Um, probably wearing jeans, sneakers, you know, probably hair frazzled, things like that. Um, and these come across in the product, the, you know, the copy that we use around the product and the design and the animations even like they're they're more playful and 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 really about like kind of making the, the, the user and the, the creator feel comfortable and feel like, you know, we're trying to help them out uh, versus like, you know, we're, we're just trying to make as much money as possible and, and help the creator make as much money as possible. There's a little bit more beyond that. Yeah, that's cool. I think you can sense that love that goes into the Gumroad product experience. So for you as the main culture designer at Gumroad, do you feel like your personal strengths and weaknesses affected the creation of your values in any way? Probably. I mean, I think founders will have an impact, a tremendous impact on almost every part of the company, even if they don't want to. 
Um, I remember someone telling me that the way the way you know if a startup has a ping pong table or a foosball table is what the founder prefers playing. Ah, I like that. And it seems weird, right? Because you'd be like, well, that's kind of strange. When you want the company like the majority of employees to make that decision sure but it yeah turns out no i mean what ends up happening is maybe in the early days you buy a ping pong table or a foosball table and then you probably end up hiring people that end up you know maybe there's some weird correlation with liking ping pong and, and your personality or something i don't know hmm. and it builds because you know you have a ping pong table so guess what like the employees end up playing ping pong and get good at ping pong and i think it's it's true in more ways than you could imagine the amount of impact that you have just because you're the final person you know, you're 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 where the buck stops, right? And so everyone works for you in some sense, right? You control their their trajectory at the company, and so yeah, there's going to be a ton of bias, implicit and explicit, about appeasing me in in some fashion. You know, not like oh, we need to do this because Saho like loves the color red. Everything needs to be red or something like that. But you know, if I'm a designer and I have a certain visual style that I really like. Yeah, guess what? Like the product's going to end up resembling that a little bit closer than if I, than if I wasn't making the the final calls on a lot of that stuff. Mhm. Well, let's dive into specific values. I'd love to hear just how they came to be and any stories behind them. What's the first one you'd like to share? Our first value is move fast, which means move quickly, don't lag. Once a decision is made, move on that decision as, as fast as you can, ship things as fast as you can, and, and really, really make sure that we're moving the product forward in a way that is tangible to our users. That's what move fast means to us. I get a sense of a very high quality in terms of Gumroad's product um, and experience. How do you maintain that level of quality in regards to this value of moving fast? Yeah. Well, I honestly think that moving fast, if done well, can actually lead to a, a better, higher quality product. So for example, I am a very big believer in shipping things quickly. And not only because I, I enjoy the speed, but also the fact that I believe that feedback is the best way to improve. As a, as a designer, as an engineer, Like the way that you get better is a feedback loop, right? In almost anything that you do. And if you can get a thousand points of feedback as fast as somebody else might get a hundred, you're going to be a lot better off. Right. And I also believe that feedback is a, is a, it's a compound thing, right? Which is you get feedback to get better, to make a decision, you get feedback on the decision uh, to make another decision, et cetera. Right. It kind of feeds back on itself, hence feedback (laughs) (laughs) and uh, moving fast is really about, making sure that you understand that we're not trying to ship the perfect product. We're trying to ship a better product than the product we had yesterday. One description you have about moving fast is save words. Can you tell me more about that? Saving words is important to me because what it means is basically, look, if, 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 if we're having a conversation that's not going to lead to us shipping a product or making a decision, we shouldn't be having that conversation. And that's kind of another part of move fast and it's meta in the sense that we copied it from Facebook. Hmm. We literally said, move fast, which is exactly what they say, move fast. And the reason we did that is because I, I kind of wanted to communicate to people incredibly quickly when they see this. Oh, like we're okay with taking somebody else's work and applying it because 
it lets us move faster, you know? Yeah. It's kind of this meta thing. Like, instead of having an hour-long meeting, and do we say move quickly? Do we say do not lag? Do we say perfect is the enemy of good? Do we say ship quickly? Do we say save words? Do we say, like, whatever? You know, like, it was just like, no. Like, Facebook's already figured this out. It works really well for them. Let's move fast. And you just move fast. And it's kind of this, I like doing that, where I, like, embed sort of meta meta things within things. Um, it's my, it's my way of having a little bit of fun. Um, but that that was, that was intentional. Yeah. And certainly in terms of development with, you know, open source code and repeatable patterns in design, that idea of reusing things is super powerful. Um, this seems almost like a company level version of that. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, I would argue if you're, you know, using a library of assets as a designer, you're probably going to end up with a better design that's more consistent and understandable uh definitely same thing is true in engineering and yeah i think it can be applied on a on a company level too you know should we be doing the same work like over and over again every week probably not if we're doing the same thing we should probably find a way to automate it operationally too or process wise or what have you when someone arrives as a new hire at gumroad how do you actually facilitate and encourage them to move fast yeah i mean i think the most important thing is pairing them up with somebody else that can teach them quite closely. And, you know, it's kind of like through osmosis, right? So the best thing to do is to have an incredibly open company because that way they can get the information that they need without feeling like they have to rely on somebody else to get it. I'm a huge believer in transparency uh, and openness and accessibility. I believe that barring any decision, making something more open and more accessible is going to help. Let's talk about the value you have around that. What's that one? Be open and transparent, which means to you know simplify your relationships, forget your filter, talk openly about what you're up to, why you're up to it, what problems you might be facing, and maybe most importantly, be open to giving feedback and be open to getting feedback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is hard. It's hard. Tell me more about that. Why is it hard? I think giving and getting feedback is just just hard. It's like an emotionally taxing, difficult thing to do that no you know any human was going to have the fight or flight response and probably fly away. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I what I what I tell people is look like humans are meant to eat, sleep, and have sex, and, <laughs> and uh, every day you show up to work and you work with purpose. You're kind of fighting that sort of biological you know instinct yeah and with the majority of our day exactly you know it's and that's crazy i think in a sense that you know we've been able to do that but also what it means is when you have to make an emotionally taxing decision it's very easy to be like oh well i'm not going to make it because i don't have to all i need to do is eat and sleep and have sex every so often (laughs) and so like you know giving feedback to an employee that I'm, i'm struggling to work well with uh is not part of those things. So I don't have to do it or I won't do it or I'll delay it a million times over. Hmm. And I think that's why it's difficult is because it's not part of a job description. You know, it's easy to ship code because that's what's expected of you. That's like you, if you, if you don't do it, you'll get fired, but giving feedback, getting feedback, I believe it's the same thing, but it doesn't seem like the same thing. You know, it doesn't seem like as, as tangible of a, of a, of a contribution to the company that you need to be making, but it is. I believe, quite strongly. Right. Feedback doesn't seem as clearly like a deliverable. Exactly. 
it ends up being actually quite easy to quantify and, and become made into a deliverable. But yes, you're right. Like, unless you make the effort to, to do that, it's not going to happen by itself. What about simplify your relationships? Tell me more about what that means. If you have a problem with somebody, the best solution is to talk to that person directly and try not to go up and down, you know, an organizational chart in order to have that conversation. Oh, got you. Okay. So it's not about having less relationships. It's about simplifying the ones you have. Exactly. Yeah. And, and like, you know, I, I, I believe that, you know, when people say flat or not flat, I think what it comes down to is accessibility. You know, I want both in terms of information and impact and responsibility and accountability, but a lot of it is just really like, I cannot talk to this person. Mm-hmm. When people say like, my company is too bureaucratic, a lot of the time what it means is like, I just, I'm the PM on this project or I'm the designer on this project and I've never talked to the engineer on this project. Mm. Like so many times. And, or like sometimes it's like, I don't even know who it is, you know? Uh, I don't even know who the person I'm working with really is. Um, and to me, the way you fix that is you, instead of having to go, you know, if you're a designer going to your design manager, that person has a meeting with the, you know, with the PM, the tech lead, and then communicates that, and then, the, you know, makes all the decisions over there, and then the tech lead talks to the engineer, et cetera. Like, that is incredibly inefficient. And also, it spreads out this emotionally taxing decision-making to, to everybody. Probably none of them really care enough because it's not their problem directly to solve the problem. Right. Uh, and that's why I think you end up with companies that, and that maybe not being great to work at sometimes. Um, and the solution that I have is like, we should empower people to be able to communicate directly with the people that they work with. Mm-hmm. Someone should be able to walk into a gum road and be like, okay, I understand if I need to talk to this person, how I do that, which comes from having simple relationships and easy to understand structure versus like, you know, when, you know, when people like a friend of yours joins a company and you're like grabbing a beer with them and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm still learning how to navigate. <laughs> like people always say that, you know, I'm, 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 I'm learning how to navigate. Uh, and I'm like, what the fuck? You didn't join like a, a <laughs> sailboat or something. Right. <laughs> like, wh- what are you talking? Or like, you didn't just start going to a new high school that's like, you know, 700,000 square feet or something like that. Yeah. Or even join as the CEO. Yeah. It's just like navigating. The company should have a hard time navigating the market that they're in and the landscape. It should not be that hard, in my opinion, to navigate the company itself. Yeah, totally. That makes sense. You're, you're layering difficulty on top of difficulty and stress on top of stress. Like, what, I, I just want to tell people about Gumroad. Like, working on Gumroad is stressful enough. Working at Gumroad should be as stress-free as possible. It, it, and that's what I tell people. It's like, look, I'm not saying that giving and getting feedback is good in the sense that it's like in a vacuum, it's good and beneficial. I'm saying it, it as a whole, your life is going to be better for it. Yeah. As a whole, Gumroad is going to be better for it. Yeah. There might be like a, an hour where you're like, God damn it. I have to have this like really hard conversation, but you're going to be so much better off in three years. When you are still working with this person, you have a great relationship and an open relationship with them, or you stopped working with them because you realized it didn't work, but you found that out now instead of in a year and a half. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like a relationship, really, right? Like It's like, you know, probably in almost every relationship, if you're not constantly giving and getting feedback, it is very unlikely that over many, many years, as you learn and go through a ton of stuff, that you're going to be exactly on the same path. 
So you have to make a very conscious effort to make sure that you both are together, you know? Yep. If you like only check in on each other like once every six months, like guess what? Like you're going to end up like, hey, you're in France. Mm -hmm. like, what? <laughs> like I moved to France and you stayed there. You know, like imagine, you know, like, no, you need to talk about your plans and like make them together uh, and have, you know, and I, I just kind of apply a lot of those personal things that people do uh, to, to work because I think there's, there's more similar than maybe uh, most companies may, may want them to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, these are humans and emotions and relationships. So that makes sense. You actually have a value related to emotions and uh, personal comfort level. Can you tell me about that one? Yeah. So change, uh, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Nothing is sacred. Everything is in a, you know, a state of flux. And I think it's important that the people that work at Gumroad are in a position where they are getting better. They're learning new things on a almost daily basis. Mm -hmm. And the reason I think this value is important is mainly because I think it's really the only thing that keeps people working at a company and, and also keeps the company evolving and changing and getting better in a way that is like, you know, in the way that a company goes from a tiny five person company to a nice 25 person company to a great 500 person, you know, like mm -hmm. that doesn't happen by a company doing the same thing every day and hiring a bunch of people that do the same thing every day. That that comes from a super dynamic group of people that are solving a new problem every month or two. Um, and the benefit of that is you have growth, you have people that join the company because they want to learn and do more and, and, and get you there versus people that are happy just doing the same stuff every day, which most people are not happy doing in my, I've maybe, maybe that's not true. Uh, like maybe you just love surfing and you just want to surf nine hours a day and awesome. Mm -hmm, yeah. And that's fine. And this is so we have cultural values is you might be a culture fit, like, Oh, you're super chill. And like, we're just going to hang out and have beers and like whatever. But you would not be a culture fit according to our value system because we really believe in ambition and change. And sure, you might be like the cool friend that like I love hanging out with because you're super chill and you're really interesting and you read a lot. But <laughs> I would never want to work with you because I want to constantly put myself in a place of stress and challenge. And you're not that type of person. And that's fine. I'm, this is like the really important thing is like I'm not sure I, there is a difference between friends and family and relationships and work. You know? Yeah. And when you talk about stress, is it good stress or bad stress you're talking about in relation to being uncomfortable? Um, hopefully good. I mean, bad stress is going to come with it every so often. But I think it's like, you know, imagine if you only said yes to problems you know you could solve. Like at some point, like that's like playing soccer with fourth graders. <laughs> like at some point, you're going to get bored. Mm hmm. You're not, you realize you're not learning. You, it might be amazing and fun for a little while because you're just scoring a stupid amount of goals, you know, but it's short term value. It's short term fun and it's short term you're working at the company, <laughs> you know, long term you're probably not because you're going to get bored and you're going to want to challenge yourself. And I see this over and over again, which is like you might have somebody that says they don't want to be uncomfortable. But then you make they you kind of make it easier for them to be comfortable, and then six months later they've left. <laughs> right. You know, it's like this weird thing in which no one will tell you they want to be super uncomfortable, and you know, it's like it's like, you know, there's a lot of sports metaphors here, I guess, but like it's like 
you know, training for a marathon. Like no one tells you they want to be on the verge of vomiting. Right. <laughs> but if you had, if you had a coach and you didn't feel like you were actually being pushed, you would hate that even more. Right. Yeah, totally. You'd rather have a coach that like really push you and then you end up doing really well or like pushing you at least getting better, you know, more fit than like, Oh, I have this coach, but he's like kind of crap. And like what ends up happening is probably just leave the team entirely instead of, instead of like, you know, put up with it. How do you suss that out in terms of assessing team fit? Well, one, and I think this is underrated, is pe- most people filter themselves out of the hiring process, right? So, for example, if I'm if I'm talking to somebody and I'm like, "Hey, look, like we love shipping stuff. Like we we try to ship stuff even if there's bugs." And people, there are some people that be like, "Okay, I cannot work at this company because I would just be on edge all the time if there are bugs in production. I just cannot work at a company that," and that is fine, uh, but. What is great is that they were like, I'm not for this company way before we hired them. And that would have been a much worse situation if they ended up joining the company and we had to have those conversations after the fact, right? And uh, same thing with a lot of these values, I think. And so I think it's just as important to scare other people off as it is to like use them as a filter for hiring. Um, frankly, if someone realizes maybe they're not as comfortable with being uncomfortable as Gumbert wants them to be, but they say, it doesn't matter, I want to work at this company badly enough, maybe that works, but to me that's pretty scary because it's going to be like a situation that like in a month or two, they realize, oh, it turns out you can't really work at Gumbert without this value. Like you thought maybe you, you could push yourselves on all the other ones, but this one, no, it's like, no, you need to be all in. You just need to be, that's just Gumbert. You have to be pretty pretty much all in on these values. And that's the cost of working at Gumroad, and it ends up, you know, paying for itself, I believe, multiple times over. Mm-hmm. But luckily that, you know, I just make it very clear to people when I when I'm interviewing them, like, look, these are our values. Make sure that you're hundred percent on board with them because if you're not, like there's there's gonna be a lot of open and transparent feedback. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you have a value related to being hundred percent on board with Gumroad's values. Can you share that one? Align yourself, which basically means that I want everybody in the company to be in a position in which the best thing for them is also the best thing for the people they work with and also the best thing for government in the company. Mm. Uh, and that that is kind of the core value, I'd say, because it really, everything else falls after that, right? Like if you're, uh, if you're doing something that you're excited about, that everyone else is excited about, that the company's excited about, it's a lot easier to be happy. It's a lot easier to move fast. It's a lot easier to get feedback because you are getting feedback in with the goal of, you know, doing this thing that you really want to do. And I think if you don't have alignment, everything else becomes much, much harder. And so I think it's incredibly important that every company have a value like this that makes it just very clear to people that the reason you work at Gumroad is for for a, a higher order power or something that like is intangible and makes you feel awesome. And you're going to need that because we're going to have really bad days and, and, and months and weeks at Gumroad. And unless you really believe in the war that we're fighting, you're it's not going to be a sustainable thing for you. And is Gumroad's mission the war you're fighting? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so if you're like, hey, like I love this mission that you guys are fighting for, but you know I want to work at Gumroad because I believe that Gumroad will be a massive company, and I actually just want to see a company grow really fast. Um, I'd be like, don't work at Gumroad because at some point you're going to make a decision that because there's not that alignment there, right? And it's just going to bite you. 
uh, and it's going to bite Gumroad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like maybe make a decision that's not in the customer's best interest. Exactly. Like it might lead to a maybe a faster growing Gumroad, but maybe not a pr- a, a product and vision that's going to lead to the best world full of creative people that make money. And I want people to make sure that when they join Gumroad. They're joining for the right reasons, um, or maybe not the right reasons, but like the reasons that we think you should be joining for. In terms of aligning yourself, is self-reliance and self-motivation important? Yeah, I mean, I actually thought about calling this value purpose instead, because I think purpose maybe embodies that idea better in the sense that purpose kind of comes with alignment, but also with like a movement, like a sense of momentum. Uh, and a sense of discipline. But I think align yourself is pretty good because I think if you're aligned with your, your mission and with the company's mission and you're you're surrounded by people that are that feel similarly, you're probably gonna work pretty hard. Like I, w- I was wary basically about putting work hard in in, in, the, in this set of values because I just felt like that should be a, a given or like, you know, f- yeah, I just felt like a little bit too forced. Of like, make sure you're working hard. You know, it just seems like a little <laughs> strange. Like, if these values, I like to me, values are supposed to be unintuitive. They're supposed to be like thought thought exercises, and they're basically supposed to make you think, right? Because if they if they were obvious or intuitive, uh, like, why would you even have them? You'd assume that everyone follows them all the time, right? And so, like, values to me are kind of like, you know, like the border, they're like the lane markers on a highway. They're like, make sure that you don't forget. Like most people, yeah, you're going to be driving fine. But like, just in case we have these things so that when you go a little bit too left or a little bit too right of where we want you to be, there's a, like a, a sort of a, a, a tactile feedback there. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I believe that most of the time people are aligned and people are like moving towards a common goal. And what happens if you find out that's not happening? What do you do then? How I go about doing things, I make it very clear uh, like that there's like a misalignment, literally, and I need them to change in some way, you know, which is another value. I'm very mm-hmm. good at looping in these values. And I need them to do it quickly, which is move fast. Um, and if they do it, it's going to, they're going to do it in an open and transparent way. So I'm going to see that they've done it. They're probably going to be happier, that smile, uh, that they've done it, because they're, they're going to be more aligned with the people they work with, and people are going to notice that, and like it's going to feel good. I guarantee you it's going to feel good. And if you do all of those things, guess what? You're now managing one goal instead of trying to manage the company goal and your goal, so you're now more focused. Mm-hmm. Like That's literally every value that we have. And so you know, this is a great example of my values in, or our values informing how I build the process, right? To, to, to solve this problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. All right, tell me more about this value around focus. Stay focused, which basically means that you should be spending your time on the most valuable thing that you could be spending your time on. And also it means that you should be able to trust other people in doing the same thing. Mm, yeah. You don't need to like, you know, it means that you can like move as fast as you can on your goal and assume that all of the other pieces that need to happen will fall into place because the other people are doing the same thing. How do you know something is the most important thing you should be working on? Yeah, so we, we use OKRs, Objectives and Key Results, which basically is a, a format of basically goals and, and planning uh, that most companies in the Valley use, Google, Twitter. Uh, once, once you reach a certain scale and that, that alignment is harder to find across an organization, 
it, it, it is a really good system I found to make sure that everyone stays focused and aligned. And then it makes it very easy because you can you can just say, hey, how are you doing on your OKRs? If you're hitting them or slightly underperforming, uh, fine, that's that's okay. But if you're like 20%, uh, that's also fine, but you might require a look at, right? Are you at, at 20% because we totally messed up this deal or we totally like miscalibrated how easy it would be to do XYZ or, or are you at 20% because you're actually working on too many things that are not nearly as important as that one. So for everyone working at Gumroad, trying to stay focused, how often do you check in with those OKRs? What I tell people is they should be checking in minimum every two weeks. But basically every time something ships, they should be checking in and saying, okay, look, this shipped. That means this OKR of shipping these, you know, making Gumroad easier for your musicians, of which there are five key results and five different features is now 20% complete. That is the best. There is 100% a correlation between good employees that are killing it and shipping awesome stuff. And I will, I want to work for them. I want to work with them again. I want them to start companies and help them fundraise. Like I will intro them to anybody and how dedicated they are to using OKRs. Wow. A hundred percent. Like uh, it is an insane, almost one-on-one. Like if you're better at OKRs, if you're the best person at Gumroad, I don't care. You're probably the best person to start a company. You're probably the person I want to work with the most. Um, it is very much a, a, a good filter for, for, for good employees. And is it about the impact that results from that? Is that why you feel so strongly about it? I think it's a combination of typically those people are, yeah, have, have the most impact. Some people be, might be like, "Oh, you're spending all your time like updating your OKRs, and you're like being less productive as 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 a you know as a result of that." But the opposite is true, which is if you spend even an hour a quarter on your OKRs, you're probably saving yourself so much time over the quarter that like that hour is like has paid itself back probably in the first day. You know, you're like you because you're what you can do is instead of saying like, "What do I do this week? What do I do this month? What do I do today?" All you do is you check your OKRs and you say, okay, I need to move towards this goal. And it basically separates planning from doing, which is the key, the key thing that it does. Um, so I think those people end up moving faster. They're typically more open and transparent, mm-hmm. you know, because the things they're working on are easy to read and, 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 and accessible to everybody in the company. Um, they're typically more focused. They're typically more aligned. They're typically actually changing faster because Change doesn't happen by itself. You have to make an attempt, a conscious attempt at saying, I want to do this differently. I want to get better at this. I want to learn this new skill. And unless you plan that, it's not going to happen. And so you end up with people that are actually changing faster. They're probably happier because they don't have to like, they're not like stressed out about like, am I working on the right thing? They know they have trust in the fact that they're working on the right thing. Yeah. And so again, like OKRs is a great example of basically fitting all of our values. That's really cool. Now you've alluded to this last value you have, and I'm really excited for this one because it seems a bit whimsical and joyful. So tell us what that one is. Yeah. So our last value is smile with the exclamation mark. And you're right. It's a little bit whimsical and joyful and funny potentially. And all of those things are intentional because I wanted to make sure that at the end of someone, especially a new employee, reading these values, they didn't feel like Gumroad was like, uh, you know, you have to 
have these personality traits. It was kind of like, look, these are important uh, biases that you need to have, but at the end of the day, make sure that you're having fun. You know, it's kind of like when you're like at a amusement park or something, and they're like, okay, make sure that your you know your hands are inside the vehicle at all times. You're not running. But at the end of you know at the end of it, they're always like, have fun though. Like, make sure that you understand you're not supposed to just like not have fun. <laughs> it just these are good frameworks so that you can have more fun and to make make sure that you remind people that pr- th- this is not supposed to make your life harder. This is actually supposed to make your life better and more fun. Um, but I think on a practical note, uh, smile is just really supposed to mean that like. Be optimistic, basically. Like, assume that things are going to work out. Assume that if you believe in something, it's going to work. Not because it will, but because I think that's the necessary bias you need to have. You know, if you're spending most of your time climbing up a big mountain, you should hope that, one, you're going to be able to do it, but two, that, like, when you do it, you're going to have an amazing view, right? Like, it's, it would be pretty depressing if someone told you, yeah, by the way, like, people said, like, the weather forecast is it's just going to be foggy up there and cold and miserable, uh, and it might rain. Like (laughs) that's pretty demotivating. Yeah. And so I think it's important that you stay optimistic. And I also think that in the context of working at a startup and and being stressed out and solving a problem that might not be solvable, staying happy and being surrounded by people that are happy and people that are having fun and are lighthearted and don't take losses too hard and don't stress over everything. Um, is just needed in, in, in that type of environment. You need people that are, you know, you need to have fun. It's, it's mainly just a reminder, I think, in the context of all the other, because most people are going to have fun, hopefully, right? You're not surrounding yourself with a bunch of people that are, like, negative. Um, but I do think it's a good reminder, especially in the context of the other values, to make sure that, like, this is all in the name of being happy and making a positive impact in the world. That's Don't forget that's why we do things. We're not just trying to be an incredibly efficient machine you know there's there are humans i guess that work here yeah when you look at the other values and when you look at other company values i think you might get a sense that like these values are just set up to make people machines and make people incredibly productive robots yep and i think it was important to us to make sure that like no i love robots and i think robots are going to do a lot for humanity no offense to robots <laughs> no offense. yeah I, I i like please your bot overlord when, exactly like please don't kill me uh <laughs> like when, when when you guys take over but humans can also do things that are pretty cool and also the core reason that people work government beyond impact beyond everything is that because they they believe it's going to be good for them you know and, and to make sure that people don't forget that. And also it serves as a reminder to employees to make sure that like, look, if you are unhappy, that is not okay. Like some people might think, oh, it's like, it's not important to government for me to be happy. They might, you know, because it was like, for example, you know, some people might come from backgrounds in which like happiness is not a core thing that they care about. It's kind of like, we're going to work hard until I'm 55 and then I'm going to retire or 65 or 75. And then I'm going to be happy. Like I'm saving my happiness for them. And I'm just like, no, I don't like that. Yeah. So you've like cooked it in. Yeah. You should, you should be having fun every day. I, I, I don't believe that it's like, like a give and take in which you're like, okay, Monday, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, I'm going to be uh, really productive, but sad. <laughs> and then I'm going to have a ton of fun Thursday, Friday. No, I believe that every day should be a combination of working hard, having fun, learning stuff. Like every day should be its own little bubble of awesome. You know, I love it. Thank you so much for sharing and being honest today, Sahil. 
As a musician and a maker myself, I'm just so glad Gumroad exists and I think your mission is admirable. For creative people out there who this really resonates with, where can they go to learn more? You can go to gumroad.com, G-U-M-R-O-A-D.com, or find us on Twitter at Gumroad to learn more about what we do and if we're a fit for what you want to do. Killer. Thanks so much for your time today, Sahil. No worries. Thanks for having me. It was awesome. You can find show notes on missionandvalues.co. The music is by Shane Inslee. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a rating and review on iTunes to help more people find out about it. Thank you for listening to Mission and Values.